the Wildcats podcast. We have teamed up with BetMGM. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code PHNX and you will get $200 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code PHNX. Place a pregame money line wager in the amount of at least $10 on any market at standard odds price. You will receive $200 in bonus bets instantly, regardless of the outcome of your wager. Just make sure you use bonus code PHNX when you sign up. Plus, join us at the BetMGM Sportsbook at State Farm Stadium for all Suns away playoff games. Our PHNX watch parties presented by NUTRL will feature food and drink specials, PHNX giveaways, and BetMGM mystery deposits. Join us. And now let's listen to Shane for the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. All right, now, and uh, I got you right here. Good job, Jacob Franklin. I appreciate that. All right, now, joined by the great William Brad Alice. I am merely Mike Luke. All right, we got a lot to get to this show. We're going to talk about Azulis Tabellis, what he should do, um, options for the future. Uh, first, I'd like to give a, and I put this out on Twitter, I'd like to give a shout out to David Kelly. Congratulations on the new gig, my guy. Um, it's important for people to know that my beef has always been with Rich and Herb. That's it. Um, very friendly with the rest of the building right there. Um, I wish David Kelly nothing but the best right there, Brad Alice. Wait, you're telling me you weren't crying in the shower? I don't know if you saw that. A, a, a mutual uh, friend of ours posted that you were crying in the shower over the someone else getting the gig. So I found it ironic. Same guy took a shot at Jason this week. Who? Oh, oh, was oh, was this? Uh, oh, would his name rhyme with beef? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, okay. I didn't see that now, but yeah, I never had it. I never had any personal problems with that guy, but that's two a hole moves in one week towards people that I right. either like or, or or respect. So, uh, as for DK, a lot of people are like, "Oh, what the TV guy going?" To-? No, he's a radio guy, long time mm-hmm. radio guy. Uh, he's done minor league play by play. He did. Uh, people forget he actually came to the market to work for the Wildcat pregame show. Right. Um, and then uh, when, like many of us, uh, kind of got nudged to the side uh, by, by, by a certain corporation who runs uh, right. the Wildcat broadcast, he, he landed on his feet in television and learned on the fly. So uh, DK, who's a, who is a really good guy, uh, going to move back to radio. I'll be interested uh, to see the direction of the show because I know sometimes he likes to be hot take guy and other mm-hmm. times he likes to go deep dive guy. And I hope uh, for my personal taste, he does more deep dives. Um, because I think he can be very good at that. But, yeah, congratulations to DK. Yeah, very good. Like I said, great guy. So, again, DK, wishing you all the best, my guy. All right, now let's get started here with some Arizona hoops. Azulis Tabellis. Um, this is a – now, again, it seems like all the tea leaves are saying that he's going to go pro. But my question is this. What can he gain by coming back? Because I look at it and I don't view Zoo right now as an NBA player. Um, you look at the, the way the league is uh, the way the league is right now from an athletic perspective, from a uh, skill perspective. 
I don't see it. I do think there is upside, though, uh, William, if he were to come back and develop into, say, maybe a 40% three-point shooter, which I think he has the capabilities of doing. I don't believe this is a Michael Wright situation where, you know what, you're not a pro now, you're never going to be a pro. I think there is pro potential for Julius Tabellis if he were to come back. Yeah, Tabellis has to show me two things to be a pro. And again, I can see a scenario where a team takes him in the second round, sends him to the G League, or stashes him overseas. But here's what he has to show. One, and the first and foremost, he has to show the ability to knock down the three. Because um, he is a legit 6'10", 6'11". Um, and if you can shoot the three and be kind of that stretch four. Second thing he has to do is improve his defense. Um, does he have to be an elite defender? No. Does he have to be a guy who can... Um, you know, get out on the wing and, and, and guard traditional small forwards. No, but what he has to do is he has to be a guy who can guard two and a half positions. And what right. I mean by that, right. he has to be able to guard a center and an athletic center. He has to be able to guard the four, the stretch four, and he has to guard when teams go big with the bigger small forwards. Um, and, and, you know, by that I'm talking like, again, no one can guard this right. guy, but a Durant type who's yeah. not a traditional, put the ball on the floor, blow by you small forward. But if he can be a guy who can be a serviceable defender for players six, nine and over um, and be able to guard at maybe a C plus level B minus level, all three positions combine that with the ability to knock down the three combined with his, again, his inside moves inside of 10 feet, his feel for the game, his touch. And right. that's why I think he could be a three pointer. I don't know if I can remember a guy at the U of a, Fry might be the guy, which is an interesting comparison, right. um, who was able to just mm, get the ball to fall on the hoop around the hoop. There are times where Zoo looks like he has no business making a bucket and then it falls easily because his touch is so nice around the hoop. Right. Uh, if he can do that, then he's a guy who works his way into the top 50 of the draft. And maybe if you're a better team at the end tail into the first, you're like, I can get a guy who's older, who's going to listen, who's coachable, who has shown an improvement in year five in college. Yeah, we'll, we'll waste the 27th pick or use the 27th uh, pick at, at him. Derek Pitt, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Brad. You're good. I would say I don't know, Derek, it, it, if Zoo is similar to Nick Johnson. Um, Nick had nothing else he could do. He wasn't a pure point guard. He was never going to be big enough to be a two. I'm not sure Zoo has maximized his game, especially if he dedicates a summer to learning how to do something new. Um, you know, you use the Michael Wright comparison. The problem with Wright was he needed to showcase that he could shoot. And, and Michael Wright could actually, I've seen, I saw him in practice, knock down 18 footers at the 90% clip in practice. Right. Problem is that next year he was going to have to play the five because um, they were losing Woods. Um, you know they were bringing in Fox and Fry, but neither guy was was you know uh, a, a surefire thing. In fact, if you remember, right. uh, Anderson was the power forward that year, and you, you weren't going to be able to play Ricky at the five. You were going to have to play the much stronger Michael Wright. So he was never going to get a chance to showcase that ability, um, and and probably did not again have the footwork outside of. 10 feet but zoo might and i don't know if he does but that's the reason you would come back now the other thing is you put your name in the hat either a team drafts you in the second round and stashes you or you just go overseas and you try to prove it and the interesting thing we're really seeing in the nba now with the g league is guys 
latching on as rookies as right. late. I mean, just this week, Chance Comanche. Man. Chance Comanche is in the NBA. And he will be able to tell his grandkids that he played in the NBA. Although, can I tell you my new big pet peeve? What's that? A guy signing with one or two games left, and he's been signed for the remainder of the season. Right. Hey, man, like, you know, it's one of those things. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, same thing, Kobe Simmons, uh, who had played previously in the NBA, also signed with the Hornets, I think, for three or four games. So right. these are guys who are, what, seven years, six years removed from Arizona, uh, finally making it back to the league. Uh, even Gabe York, who has been bouncing up and down. But we're now in a, in, in, in a time where, because of the way the G League operates, because of how overseas basketball is not – as different from the NBA as it used to be with the NBA going to a more, um, you know, outside in game. And frankly, the international game getting more athletic, that guys can go away for three, four, five years and still make the NBA. That, that being said, by two things. One, will Tommy Lloyd give him the opportunity to showcase those type of skills? B, is there enough creative ways with the NIL? And again, it, 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 I know there's some ways now that they are being able to, to get NIL money to international players um, to make it worth his while. Because right now he can go sign, you know, he can go play in his home country, make cover out a good living. He can go play, you know, maybe in a Spain or, or, you know, Italy or something. And and play a really nice, he's going to be good. Yeah. So he's fine. Now, again, it's, do you like college enough? Do you, you know, the opportunity to play another year with your brother who, will not be playing in Italy and Spain. I'm not saying his brother's not going to play pro ball somewhere because it seems like you put on an Arizona jersey. I mean, if you forget, Andrew Zahn carved out a long pro career overseas. Um, But, you know, is there enough NIL money to make it worth his while? Again, the tea leaves seem to indicate that he's going. The fact that Arizona now is heavily involved with the power forward from Tennessee seems to suggest uh, that he is going. But uh, there's yeah a lot but, to remain because those me, guys can also me, coexist. Let me play devil's advocate here, and again, I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I would like to have a Julius Tabellas come back. But you know what? Here's what I, I'm going to make the case for why Arizona, in a weird way, would be just okay would be okay without Zoo. I believe that one thing that we've discovered about this Arizona team the last couple of years, again, this isn't a reflection on Tommy Lloyd, but I do believe that there is somewhat of a soft factor to it, uh, to the team. And I think that's just fair to say. And this is, again, zoo is a great player. Zoo is an all American type guy, but zoo's also never really been the dude that has wanted the ball at the end of the game in a big spot. There's been a lot of time or a lot of times where he's kind of looked disengaged. If you bring in a guy like a, a, a Kumar from uh, Tennessee, you bring in Ryan Nemhard. I think you've added a significant factor to the toughness factor to this Wildcats team, Brad. And I may be forgetting a, a very obvious example. When was the last time a team led by a for lack of a better word, finesse power forward. Right. Made a deep run. Right. Um, in fact, how many times did a team with a, a power forward as their best player who, again, wasn't a, a stretch for or wasn't just an absolute bulldozer and I uh, made a deep run? I mean, maybe you could argue Baycott at UNC, but the fact is you have to be garden wing driven. In, right. in, in in college basketball. And, and I think you can, and I think you would really always been that case. 
And I think you've got to be an over – if your best man's a big man, I think he's got to be a physically overwhelming big man. I think he's got to be a guy – like you said, I think Baycott was a good example right there of a guy that can just get the ball, get out of the way, and he's going to score. I don't know that Zoo's ever going to be that dude. You know, even if you look at it – and again, they haven't made the deep, deep run. They made good runs. But Drew Timmy is a more physical player than Zoo. And even right. then, at the end of games, when you he couldn't take over without really good guard play or just dominating the glass. And that's the same thing. I agree with you. Zoo did not want the ball at times. Other times, what are you going to do when he gets the ball? If you can't get him cutting to the hoop, if you can't get him in transition, if you get him to the ball on the perimeter, he, he's not good enough in most cases to put the ball on the floor. And if teams just sag down on their defense because your guards don't shoot well enough or, you know, kind of increases are unwilling to put the ball on the floor and get into the lava, which it seemed right. like he considered the lane, then that kind of renders zoo. I don't want to say useless because again, zoos, I can make an argument that zoos a top 10 guy career wise at, at the U of A. No, you um, can't. No, you statistically, can't. but I love you, Brad. But at, no, at the end can't. of the, at the end of the day, he's limited in what he can do. I mean, again, how many twenty and ten guys have there been? But again, there's been also a lot more effective thirteen and, and two guys who just could take over games when you needed to. Right, right, yeah, fair enough. All right, now, Brad Alice, you've been to Mountain Mike's Pizzas, is correct? Not today, but yes. All right. Well, you know what? Mountain Mike's Pizza is here. I'll tell you what. I did not know this about Mountain Mike's Pizza. It is here for the local people, and Mountain Mike's Pizza is in Sacramento. I can I can attest to this because I ran into a Mountain Mike's Pizza. They're everywhere. They're taking over. You can head over to mountainmikespizza.com or their Mesa, Chandler, or Tucson locations to get your next order. Place a reminder, new diehards get a $50 voucher upon signing up. Check it out. You might even see the great William Brad Alice there at Mountain Mike's Pizza and Octane Raceway and Mavericks. All right. Now, here's the deal. Um, book some fun this spring at Octane Raceway Mavericks, uh, kart racing, virtual reality, laser tag, axe throwing, bowling, arcade, great food and drinks. Watch all the NCAA games at Mavericks in the trophy room or in the patio. Got to get that one updated. Get a free $10 game card when you purchase an uh, entry at the trophy room. Check out OctaneRaceway.com and Mavericks.com to learn more. It's great stuff. Great place to take your family. Great place to take the kids or go out there with a the group of guys right there. All right, William, let's talk about back the A. You know how we roll around here. Um, Ryan Nemhart and uh, Jacob Franklin, if you could bring up the updated graphic we have right here of the Arizona Wildcats basketball roster right here. Um, okay, now we got Pella Larson in here. So here's what you got coming back right here. You got Kylan Boswell. You got Umar Ballo. You got Pella Larson. You got Henry Vasar. You get the gist. If you add Ryan Nemhart into that equation right there, and you add a, a guy like an Olivier Kumwa, what does that feel like to you, Brad? Does that feel like a top 15 team? Does that feel like a top 20 team? I think that it's actually a little bit better than uh, last year's team, to be honest with you. I think that uh, I think it would, I think it's a better team, to be honest with you. Uh, to me, and, and I think you have to change one of the. Uh, class designations if you will notice there are not one not two not three there should be four right five or four sophomores on that roster how how do they develop is kylan boswell the guy we think he's going to be 
Uh, is Vesar 25% better? Is Anderson a rotation player? Is uh, Borvichinen a, a rotation player? If so, then yeah, you've got a very interesting roster all of a sudden. And you've got one, again, that I think Tommy Lloyd loves where he can mix and match. You know, you you bring Nemhard, Boswell, uh, and you've you, and you know Larson, and you got three guys who can put the ball, who can handle the ball. You got three guys who can potentially shoot, right. or you swap out. You go six nine with with Philly B. And again, there's been some some positive developments in the Philly B front, from what I've understand. That are you a believer in Philly B long term? I got to see more. I mean, again, right. here's what I've seen. I've seen about eight minutes of action, and I've seen some grainy footage of him playing against a chair or right. me or you. Um, right. But he's 6'9", and seems like he can move. Again, I think his I think his ceiling is probably Ricky Anderson. Right. Um, and I'll take that in a heartbeat. Um, so I think, though, if the, if the four sophomores, and even if two of them develop into – you know, really good players. And again, I think Boswell will. Uh, Vasar is probably the bigger mystery of the two. Then that lineup you said gets very interesting because we assume KJ Lewis can come in and play a significant role early on. We assume Balo continues to get better. And again, I don't think it's going to be the jump he made this year, but if it's even two points and one rebound a game, that's pretty darn good. Let me ask you this, because yeah. I believe that a lot of people think that Ballo is maxed out. I agree that he's not going to probably make the jump and become 23 and 12, but I don't know why Ballo can't be 18 and 8 as his apex. I don't know why he can't do that. Why? Talk me out of why he can't do that. I think the only thing is, is does he become content? If he continues right. to develop again, look at the jump he made in year one to year two. Um, you know, from the last year at Gonzaga, his first year at Arizona, even from November to, to January, uh, his uh, first year at Arizona. The guy looks like he's a workhorse. Uh, is going to explore getting better. Um, you assume that between you know Steve Robinson, who has a reputation of being good with bigs, Murph, who's worked with the Arizona bigs in the past. Um, Ricardo Foy, who's a player development guy. Right. You tell me they can't add, I don't know, uh, a consistent 10-foot jumper, um, continue to uh, get his baby hook softer, uh, work on his shot blocking, as someone in the um, mm-hmm. chat just mentioned. So, yeah, I think he can get better. Do I think he's much closer to maxing out his ability than he was in the year? Absolutely. But – you know, I'm the one who said I didn't think how much better Zoo could get based upon past statistics. That is true. And this Zoo, is true. I said ah, I think 16 and a half is probably his cap because we've never seen a guy make that jump who was already a starter, and he made that jump. So I'm not uh, putting Reggie, past anything. Reggie Geary, the great Reggie Geary, obviously. Who, by the way, I, I, somebody asked me about where Reggie to me is the one of the most interesting players in school history because he wasn't an All-American. He's not in that handful of all-time greats, but he's the best defensive player in school history, which to me carves out just kind of this, this little area all unto himself in a weird way, which I think is the best thing that you can say about it. Three-year starter. Yeah, final four. Started, started at small forward as a yep. sophomore. Right. Uh, and I believe if he didn't lead the Pac-12, he was close. He was like seven and a half assists as a senior. Seven assists, correct. Yep. Um, just a tremendous – again. So, yeah, he is – he's an interesting player who 
might have been more forgotten had he not come back to town. And I think that's good for his legacy. Um, mm-hmm. played, a, played, a, played a couple months in the league. Um, so, yeah, Geary's a very interesting player because I think he could have easily fallen into that all-overlooked team. Uh, right. And instead re- remains in our minds, um, what, 20-plus years after his career. All right, Jacob Franklin, I think that we have in the Wildcats graphics, the great Sean DePaz put a new one in there. If we could maybe get that on uh, on on board, not at the moment, but on board. Um, now, let's talk about uh, what Reggie said, though, that I thought was interesting right here. And great points. Mike's right nut. Is this not Tommy's left nut? All right. I just said it right there. Um, but uh, before we get to that, John Strebling, great question. Who are the good outside shooters next year? I think it's fair to say Boswell's a good shooter. I think we could see that by now. Assuming Ryan Nemhard is at the U of A, I think he's a very he's a good shooter. Pellas should be a good shooter. Um, for whatever reason, his percentages aren't always there. Um, but isn't, those that, are, isn't that just Pella's game, though? Yeah, it's weird. It's but just I not ask, always there. I wanted There's... to ask you about Pella. And um, and uh, Reggie disagreed with me. And you know what? Reggie knows more about basketball than me, obviously. Pel- Reggie thinks that Pella can become an, a 17, 16 point per game guy. I don't see it. Um, I don't see it because mainly because the handle, I don't see the handle being there. I also, I think his stuff is far more reliant on others getting in the ball. He's a good finisher. He's a good cutter, you name it. But I don't really see that there, William. Um, yeah. And I'll say why, what, what, what's his move? That's what I'm saying. That's where I don't, that's why I don't Let's go back to old school video games where if you got the guy in the right spot, you push the button. What's his move? What's his go-to scoring move? Um, you know, with Jason Gardner, it was a step back. Uh, with uh, you know, Michael Dickerson, Miles, it was the pull up at the elbow. Yeah, with Miles, it was the leaner at the elbow. Mm-hmm. Um, with Salim, it was give me a three point shot anywhere in the building. Yes. Um, you know, corner three for Rayos. If you really right. Brad, you have frozen. All right, Brad, you have frozen. I will talk while you freeze. But uh, once you come back here, I agree with you, though, that Arizona does have to have that type of player, though, that I think can make some plays at the three. Let's get to a few comments right here. Um, T. Burns says that uh, T. Burns 826. Are we pursuing anyone at the three? Um, I don't have names on that, but yes, I would be very surprised if Arizona was not able to bring in somebody else at the three at that position right there. Um, I do believe that it could be somebody like a said Henderson. Maybe it's somebody like a Courtney Ramey. Not sure, but I do. I, again, I don't know that it's necessarily going to be a difference maker, um, but it is a guy that uh, I do believe should be able to do something. Brad, it sounds like he has his power went out. So that's not ideal. So try to hop on back in if you can, Brad. But that's where we're at right now. Are we pursuing anyone at the three? That's where I would say. But I think the big thing that has to happen here, and again, you don't want to ch- count your chickens before they hatch, but I'm about to count my chickens before they hatch right here. Uh, Nemhard, I believe, adds so much to the equation right here because he's a guy that when he gets the ball, he can make some plays and he's going to make other people's lives easier. Now, if he uh, if he can get to that point, I think that you're probably looking at something where everybody's job because uh, becomes a lot easier if he is at that. Now, Jacob Franklin, if we could pull up that graphic right here. This is a great graphic right here. I like this graphic right here. Um, 
Maybe we have a bit. All right. So here's who we know that we have. Here's who are not who we know, but here's who we project possibly coming in next year. Look at this right here. You got KJ Lewis. And yes, I do believe uh, Mike MRN, as we're going to call him, said, are we undervaluing KJ Lewis? I do agree. I do think we're undervaluing KJ Lewis. As a matter of fact, I think he's a player that is going to play 12, 15 minutes per game, something like that. But I do think with KJ, you're going to see him make his biggest impact later on. I think as the time he's a sophomore, you're looking at a multi-year starter and a guy that I believe has NBA potential. You've had a lot of people that have uh, that have soured a little bit on KJ Lewis. I have not soured on KJ Lewis. As a matter of fact, I think that he is uh, tremendously underrated nationally. Now, Ryan Nemhard, we've talked about him ad nauseum. We're going to continue to talk about him. 12 points, five assists, four rebounds. He and Boswell in the backcourt would be dynamic. And then again, I like Olivier there as the big. I'm not saying that he's better than Azulis Tabellis, but I do think that you could make the argument that the fit right there could be a little bit more uh, could be a little bit more advantageous. Doesn't sound like we're going to be getting Brad back because his electricity went out. So you know what? That means more of me. And that's, I guess, depending on how you look at it, that could be a good thing or that could be a bad thing right there. But overall, though, oh, we're going to talk a lot of conference realignment here. So that's uh, we're going to get to that here in just a second. But first, we were talking about things that uh, leave a sour taste. You know what doesn't leave a sour taste? OGs. Here's the deal. OGs. You can go get our new collab shirt with OG's brand. Uh, OG's Brands is now live. If you want to get your hands on this dope collab tee, make sure you get your tickets at Budzapalooza. Join our PHNX crew on Friday, April 14th in downtown Phoenix as they'll be hanging out with all our OG friends. They'll be doing a special edition of the OG's PHNX Variety Show live from Budzapalooza, and that is where you can buy OG's collab uh, T-shirts. And to get more information on Budzapalooza, go to check out budzapalooza.com. Okay, now we need to talk here a little bit about Arizona's future in whatever conference it's going to be in. If you're reading the tea leaves right now, you're seeing uh, some guys now are starting to say that Colorado is going to make that first move and possibly be out of the conference. And um, that would not surprise me in the least. And if that happens, I believe you will see a domino effect, and I believe you'll see a domino effect sooner than later. Now, you might say, why would Colorado leave? That is, uh, listen, at the end of the day, Colorado doesn't have any real loyalty towards uh, the Pac-12 because, again, they're from the Big 12 right there. And the other factor, Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders is a guy that likes the spotlight. I mean, you know, his name's prime for a reason. Um, you know what he doesn't want to be, though? He doesn't want to be on Amazon Prime. Get what I did there. Get what I did there. But again, that to me would be all the reason in the world why you would go over to uh, the Big 12, because, again, you want to be on a national base. And if Colorado were to leave, I do believe that Arizona uh, and some other schools could possibly follow and it could possibly be quickly, because, again, you're looking for stability at this stage in the game. And if you don't have that stability, I don't know what we're really doing. Plus, the way that the can is just being kicked down the road. That's not ideal right here. Now, let's get to some uh, questions. Uh, let's get to some comments here. You guys are going to be carrying me through right here. All right. Frankie Tamillo, uh, defense is Pella's game, in my opinion. Agreed. 
And that's why he is a guy that will always play 28, 29, 30 minutes a game at the U of A because he's big, he's physical, and he's pretty impactful as well. And by pretty impactful, he's a guy who he can guard a two. He can also guard a four on in a pinch. Again, it's not ideal, but he's going to play 30 minutes. So you've got – listen, you got three guys on the perimeter right now. you got – Kylan Boswell, you got Andrew Nemhard, and you've got our uh, uh, Pella Larson. In theory, that means that there's room for another guy or a, a, a group of guys to be able to uh, hop in there as well. Like you just said, I think we are undervaluing KJ Lewis, but I'm about to speak out of both sides of my mouth. I do believe there's another room, though. I do believe there's room for a difference maker, though, for a real a guy to come in who can be maybe not all conference, but a guy that could be able to put up some real numbers right there. And that's where, uh, you know, maybe it's a said Henderson, a guy that comes in, you know, get you nine and three, nine and four, something like that. Or maybe it's a player that's got, you know, a little bit more all-conference potential. I do believe that's there. But, again, not going to really count the chickens before they're hatched. But, overall, that to me is another position that does need to be addressed right there. Um, Now, BCAT says, how about Duke's decommit at the three – I would reach out to him. I would reach out to him yesterday. Um, I would 100% uh, bring him in. Mackenzie uh, and uh, Baku, I don't know how to pronounce that exactly, but yes, those are the kind of guys that you want. I would imagine he's going to be able to go anywhere he wants, um, but also with the way that Arizona really kind of takes their time, not sure how serious they are on that one, but with Arizona, all right, now, Let's see, Derek Pipko. Jason mentioned who are the main transfer portal targets are. I'm sure there are other guys we are looking at. Are these transfers we're looking at mainly just to bench? Um, uh, listen, there's going to be a couple overseas guys. I can't get into – there There just will be in every class. I'm not saying that's unique to this, but there's going to be a couple overseas guys. Um, that's the way that Tommy Lloyd likes doing things. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with it. Tommy Lloyd has uh, – he certainly has earned the benefit of the doubt right here. Um, now, let's see. Rich Carrillo. Mike Luke, write it down, my man. Even if Tabella stays, U of A will finish fourth in the conference. No grit, no onions, weak roster. Let me ask you this, Rich. Does Ryan Nemhard change your opinion all right there? Let me ask you that right there. Um, but that's kind of where it is. Uh, the pack, I think, next year is actually going to be really, really good. So we're going to continue to talk about that. Onions are nasty anyways, Rich. That's very funny. All right. Now, let's talk a little bit of Arizona football here. Now, Arizona football is uh, – I'm, I'm excited. Spring game is here. It's going to be here Saturday. Hope to see everybody out there because, again, there's a lot to look forward to here. There's a lot about this team that you watch and you're kind of like, all right, that looks a little bit different. That looks a little bit different. But first – tap and bottle the tap and bottle watch parties now again as you know scott and rebecca are good friends of ours they are doing it locally right here support them local downtown or at the northwest location um would love to see you i'm there all the time bothering uh, people and whatnot would love to see you there check it out tap and bottle and one other thing illegal Pete's. You might be like our pal Jacob Franklin, and you know what? You're a little bit younger than Mike Luke, and you might say, uh, you know what? I can hang out with the cool kids. Illegal Pete's is there for you. You can go down to University or Tempe. 
Or you could say, you know what? I want to go there with some friends. Illegal Pete's has it there. Now, you might say if you're in Tempe, if you're in enemy territory, you can join the PHNX Sun Devils crew at Illegal Pete's in Tempe on Saturday, April 15th at 10 a.m. for the pregame ahead of Arizona State's uh, spring game. Join the crew as they'll do a live show. Plus, enjoy $3 margaritas. Illegal Pete's, your go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beer. All right. Arizona football. Here's where we're at. Um, I believe this team is a bowl team. And again, we're going to get into the nitty gritty right here. But there's a couple things that we got to talk about first. The the reason I believe this is a bowl team is I believe this is going to be one of the top three or four offenses in the entire country. Uh, or excuse me, in the conference. I believe that it'll be a top 20 unit in the country. And the reason why is because they're absolutely loaded at the skill spots. Jacob Franklin, if you could put up that skill position spot right there for Arizona football, that would be much appreciated. So we already know what Jaden Delora can do. I think he takes a little bit of a next step. But then you got Tanner McLaughlin, you got Jacob Cowing, you got T-Mac. Those are three guys right there that have all conference potential to them. Then... After that, you've also got a Kean Burnett at tight end, who I think is going to be a – I think he's going to be an NFL player. I think he's going to make that next-level move this year. I'm looking for big things out of uh, uh, Kean Burnett. Then you got other receivers as well who uh, are just waiting to make their mark. you got a Kevin Green. you got a Malachi Riley. So that those skill guys are set. Then at the running back spot, you've got a three-headed trio that's going to be very, very good. But on the offensive line, that's where I think it's fascinating because you don't have a lot of depth, but you've got some guys that are different than U of A's uh, used to have. And I tweeted this out yesterday. Big Jonah Sabanea. Enjoy Big Jonah while he is here. Um, enjoy Big Jonah while he's here because he is he's a first round pick. He's what first round picks are supposed to look like. And um, he would start anywhere in the country. Arizona got uh, Arizona got I don't want to say lucky, but COVID helped Hawaii helped uh, with getting Jonas Savanea right there. So you got Jonas Savanea, you got Josh Baker, you got Wendell Moe. That is a pretty good interior right there. Now, again, Jonas Savanea could end up playing at the right tackle position if he's that good. You're going to get Jordan Morgan back. I expect Jordan Morgan to be good as well. As a matter of fact, I think Jordan Morgan is going to – I think he's going to be ready to rock and roll game one. So I believe the offense overall, and yes, while there are some question marks, the offense to me is going to be fantastic. Um, Again, I'm looking for a top 20 unit. So what does that mean for the defense? All right, here's what it means for the defense. I just need the defense to be the eighth in the conference. I don't need it any better. I don't need it any worse. I just need it to be eighth. If the defense can be eighth, then I think Arizona is going to be in a good spot. I love, 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 love getting Dwayne Aquina back because, again, I think he's going to bring a much-needed set of eyeballs, a little bit of maturity, not saying that you know there's immature factors there, but um, to, this, uh, to this defensive backfield. And I think he's going to be able to help out in a great way throughout the defense. Um, I like the linebacking core. I think that's significantly improved. The defensive line is certainly a question mark. You know, there's no doubt about it. Uh, You got some bodies, but I'm also not sure who's going to be able to be that guy who's, who's going to be that. So we'll find that one out. But overall, that's all I need from the defense is if you can get them to be eighth, eighth best or eighth or eighth best in the conference, 
That's what you need. And like Rich Carrillo said, the defense will be okay with Akina. Bam, you nailed it. I agree. I think you just need to be able to get him in here and to be able to uh, make that uh, just continue to keep him on the field. I know that there's some different stuff going on with uh, the way that um, uh, practices are scheduled for uh, uh, for uh, assistance, essentially. So, again, but I would love to see that. Now, one other thing, though, here, the four peaks. Now, you might say, Mike, four peaks. Those are the as my voice cracked right there. Um, now, four peaks. The best place to enjoy the NFL draft on April 27th is at Four Peaks 8th Street Pub. Register for free in the link uh, in our show notes to take advantage of beer specials. Must be 21 years or up and enjoy responsibly. Again, great uh, great deals, NFL draft deals, $3 Redbird Lager, uh, $5 Redbird Lager, uh, all, the, all the good trimmings right there. And again, check it out, though, right there, Four Peaks. But again, I believe Arizona is going bowling. I believe that Azulis Tabellas can make a real impact for himself by coming back to the U of A. And I believe that Colorado could be the team that starts a movement to the Big 12. We'll find out all of that as always. But again, going to sign off here. Be back with you tomorrow. As always, appreciate all of you guys right here. Uh, We'll try to get Brad some new electricity. You have been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.